0: Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 55 of the Eyes Free Sports Podcast. My name is Greg Lindberg. Here on this episode of the podcast, we are visiting with a freshman in college, a young lady who has already competed in a number of adaptive sports for the blind and visually impaired. And there's also a very specific sport that she is helping USABA, the United States Association of Blind Athletes, grow in this country, in addition to a separate one uh, that she hopes to compete in in the Paralympic Games someday. So let's go ahead and dive into episode 55. Alright, so my guest here on this episode is Bailey Martin, and Bailey is uh, an accomplished uh, multi-sport adaptive athlete and also a freshman at uh, the University of Northern Iowa. Bailey, welcome to Eyes Free Sports.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. Really appreciate the time uh, that you're taking to, to chat with me here. So uh, let's just go ahead and start uh, with kind of your, your background as far as uh, where you were born. Are you originally from Iowa? Yes. Gotcha. What town did you grow up in?
1: Um, I grew up in a really small town called Hubbard.
0: I see. And what, uh, as far as geography, what is that near or close to?
1: If you know Des Moines, it will be like an hour north of there.
0: Gotcha. I see. And then I understand that, uh, was it around the age of 12 that you first lost vision in one of your eyes? Correct. Yep. Gotcha. And if you just want to explain next, you know, how that actually happened and, and just, uh, you know, the, the extent of your visual impairment.
1: Yeah, so when I was 12, it kind of happened randomly. Um, One night I happened to be laying down and covered up my left eye. and noticed that the vision in my right eye was almost completely gone. And so from there, we ended up making eye appointments. And we quickly realized that there was a scar in my right eye. Um, Doctors didn't know how that happened, uh, what caused it. And so they sent me to Iowa City, which is the children's hospital in Iowa, the main one. And so we went there and they said, you'll be fine. Like you won't regain vision in your right eye, but you still have your left. And so I just had to do like exercises to make my left eye stronger because my right eye was the dominant eye. And then a few months later, I happened to lose the almost the rest of my vision in my left eye. So now I only have side peripheral and top peripheral in my left eye.
0: Gotcha. I see. And then your right eye, you are completely blind in. Yep. I see. And just, you know, thinking back to that time, uh, you know, at that age, preteen, going into your teenage years, what was kind of going through your mind when all this unfolded?
1: Well, at first I wasn't too affected because in my mind, when I first lost the vision in my right eye, when doctors said I could continue living as normal, I mean, you know, as a 12 year old, you you think like they know best, they know exactly what's going to happen. And so I pretty much went on living life as normal. I really didn't tell anyone. And then it was the end of my sixth grade year when I lost the rest of my vision or not the rest, but lost the vision in my left eye. And so from there, I just felt extremely isolated from my peers, becoming a teenager and going into seventh grade. All you really want to do is fit in. And I was going through a period of my life where I really stood out, especially in such a small town. I have 50 kids in my grade. And so at that time, it was just like a complete 180 of my life. I felt like I had to drop out of a lot of things, I had to relearn how to read in Braille and I had to have my phone speak to me. And so it was definitely a very hard transition for someone that young to go through.
0: Definitely. And, you know, like you said, seventh grade and middle school years are tough as it is. Yeah. <laughs> and when you add, you know, a disability, something like that, on top of that, it just, I'm sure makes it even that more challenging. Mm-hmm. And then, so as far as sports, uh, were you pretty competitive? Did you play a lot of sports before you lost your eyesight?
1: Yeah. I was in almost every sport besides basketball. I loved being athletic. I rode horses. I competed in track since preschool. Uh, at my school, we offer it like, it's kind of like Willis Welp for elementary. So I'd ran track since preschool. And then I'd also done softball and volleyball. And so kind of going then into like high school sports, In middle school sports, I really didn't think I was going to be able to do those types of things because my knowledge of the blind community was just so little.
0: Gotcha. I see. And then, so then, you know, in terms of schooling, education, so you did actually stay in mainstream schools uh, throughout the rest of middle school and high school?
1: Yeah, my school, uh, I was very blessed to be there. They pretty much took me right under their wing. Uh, when they learned what happened for my middle school year in seventh grade, right before the school year started, uh, we had a big meeting with all of my teachers that I was going to have. And they basically just said, what is the best way we can set up our school program to help Bailey succeed and graduate? And so they really helped me through it. I've heard a lot of bad experiences from people in the mainstream school so I was definitely very very fortunate to end up in the school I was in
0: absolutely yeah and it sounds like they were just so accommodating and really gave you the ability to be successful you know as as much as they could yeah and then so I did mention at the top that you now attend uh, the University of Northern Iowa Mm mm-hmm and I'm curious, your decision on that school, talk to me about your major and just kind of the initial experience of uh, being a college student.
1: Yeah, so, so far, I absolutely love being a college student. I'm really loving the freedom. I grew up on a farm in being a blind and visually impaired person. I can't go anywhere because I can't drive. So it's been awesome being able to like walk places and just do those <laughs> types of things that you wouldn't really think of. But when you can't drive and you live on a farm, you really can't do a lot. So I've loved that aspect of it. Trying to figure out which school to go to. For the longest time I always thought I was going to go to Iowa State. And then more recently, right before I went to college, I toured UNI and it felt like home from the very beginning. It what It's not like a ginormous campus, but it's not really small either. I felt like it was the perfect combination. And my major now is communications for sports relations. But at first it was elementary ed. Um, I just recently switched it. So it'll be exciting to start taking classes this spring.
0: Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious what made you decide to switch as far as your interest in communications?
1: Uh, Initially, I was in elementary education and the further I got into it, I just started realizing it wasn't for me, but I have always known I want to be involved in sports and the more and more I'm getting into it after my athletic career, I would love to continue helping others with their athletics And so I thought communications was perfect for that. I love talking to people. I love meeting new people. I love kind of like organizing events and doing that type of thing. And so I talked to my advisor at my college and she really recommended the communications and sports
0: relations. Nice. Very cool. So, hey, you might be hosting a podcast like this someday.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: (laughs) For sure. Yo. Um, And then I'm just curious, wrapping up, you know, as far as your, your college life so far, would you say it's been as accommodating and has everyone been, you know, pretty helpful like you had, you know, as far as your experience in, in previous schools?
1: My school is, again, really amazing for college. I've heard a lot of different experiences, But the University of Northern Iowa pretty much just said, hey, you know what? We don't know what it's like to be blind or visually impaired. So what we're going to do is we're going to take your IEP from high school and then we're going to take everything you want from that and just copy and paste it into uh, your school accommodation list. So I have all the same accommodations that I did in high school for college, which is awesome because I don't think a lot of colleges do that but I think more should.
0: Nice. Yeah. Talk about an easy transition. Just, you know, copying, transferring everything over. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. It definitely made me nervous at first because I I wasn't sure how that process would go, but it's been absolutely amazing. All my professors have pretty much the same attitude. They're like, let us know if you need something. Otherwise we're just kind of, kind of assume that you're fine. Just being very open and being willing to communicate goes a long way.
0: Absolutely. Advocating for oneself, you know, is so important in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, So then going back to sports. uh, So let's talk about that transition from all those sports you mentioned before that you played when you were fully sighted Mm -hmm. to adapting them and, and some of the, you know, specific adaptive sports for the blind and visually impaired. And I'm curious, you know, after losing your sight, Um, What was kind of the first sport or first adaptation that you worked on in terms of, you know, physical activity or a specific sport itself?
1: So one thing about me is I am a very stubborn person. Goes (laughs) to my benefit sometimes, other times not so much. Um, But the summer where I lost the rest of my vision or sorry, most of my vision. I always say the rest, but yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, That summer, I just knew I wanted to stay active. I competed with my horse in my local 4-H and we did really well in that. And so it just kind of snowballed. During my fall year of seventh grade, I knew I wanted to get back into it. And I was like, what is the hardest sport I could probably do right now with my limited vision? And I was like, cross country, I'm going to run two miles blindly in cross country. Cause that sounds like an amazing idea as a right. world. And so <laughs> I did it, and I didn't have a guide runner. My school really, really wanted me to. I think I made a ton of people nervous, including my cross country coach. <laughs> um, but I think more than anything, I just wanted to prove to myself and kind of to the people around me um, that I was fine and that I could do it. Because I feel like sometimes when you do have a disability, I learned very quickly that people can treat you like you're fragile. And so I just kind of wanted to prove to all my teachers, all my peers, kind of even my parents and my siblings that I can do this. And even if I get hurt, I'm fine. And at least I proved to myself that I could do it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So it sounds like you were able to complete, you said it was a two mile run. Yep. Wow. And how did you feel, you know, personally, just how did you feel yourself after that?
1: I felt amazing. I met a lot of trees along the way. Um, (laughs) People kind of looked at me funny when I walked up to the starting line with my cane and then I gave it to my coach. Um, So I definitely (laughs) got a lot of funny looks with that. But at the end of the season, I it was kind of like a breath of fresh air. I felt like I had a piece of myself back because when you do go through something like losing your vision, especially at an age where I feel like you're trying to figure out who you are in general, I think it can be extremely difficult mentally just to get past that barrier of who who am I now and just for me to realize that I don't have to lose my competitive nature and I can actually use it to benefit me and to benefit me in this new transition and stage in life.
0: Right. That's very well said. And, you know, there, there are benefits to having a disability. People would never think of that, but mm-hmm. that's really good perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And so in addition to running, uh, talk to me about, about other sports that you, you know, tried maybe early on in your blindness.
1: So the first sport I started out with, um, within the blind and visually impaired community was beat baseball, which was so great for me. That was like my first interaction with anyone blind or visually impaired, which was just absolutely great. Um, mm-hmm. Cause this team really just welcomed me in and they really just kind of let me know that it was okay. And a lot of the players were older and they, you know, after practice, they would just come up and it's, it's little questions like, Hey, how are you doing? How are you adapting? And they really went a long way and just being able to talk to them and listen to their stories and hear that they're successful. They have families and they were able to continue on with their athletics. I mean, that was huge for me.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And what was the name of that team that you, uh, you know, got involved in
1: Iowa Reapers.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. Very cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. And then I believe goalball, you've also played goalball, right?
1: Yeah. I did uh track swimming and goalball through the Iowa Braille School, and those were some of the best events I'd ever gone to. Um, the com- camaraderie, just the spirit of everyone, I actually plan on volunteering for them and Um, becoming a coach for them in my future. Cause I mean, I just love it so much.
0: Awesome. Very cool. And so it sounds like, you know, once you were introduced to that community of blind individuals on some of those teams within some of those sports, did you really, you know, start to realize, okay, I I fit in here. I feel comfortable.
1: Yeah. One thing I have always uh, been proud of myself for, I guess, is the willingness and, um, being able to adapt pretty easy to new situations. And I felt like, I mean, in sports, you have to do that. And so being able to go on weekend trips with the Braille school and go compete in like track swimming and goal ball where stuff is constantly changing around you. I really felt at home in those situations and, even though it was high pressure and, you know, you get all nervous before your race and stuff. It felt like home, even though I was thousands of miles away from my home. And so just me realizing that I really started to look at, okay, how can I make this a career? How can I make that shift?
0: Exactly. Yep. Very cool. And then, so in terms of running, so I assume you have used the guide uh, as well for running?
1: I have never used a guide.
0: You never have. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yes, I've I've been fortunate in that. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact um, I ran track since preschool. And so track kind of feels like a home, a second home for me. And like, I know where the lines are. I know when to turn. And so for me, it's been huge for me not to have a guide. Um, Because I feel like it would be more of a learning curve than just doing it how I've always done it.
0: Gotcha. I see. Very interesting. And then so as far as swimming, I would imagine then you you do pretty much swim independently as well. Yep. Gotcha. Very cool. So I did want to ask you about uh, this ORCAM contest uh, that you won. I know I mentioned uh, before we started recording uh, Kalari Jackson... Who I had on a previous podcast and she was also one of the winners of that contest uh, back in 2020 and just talk to me about how you were chosen and selected for that. And just the whole experience of going to Barcelona, Spain. And I know you got to meet a pretty well-known athlete over there.
1: Yeah. So I was selected through USABA. I had done some sports stuff with them in the past and they, they, Knew I love to talk, <laughs> and um, they picked me as a represent a representative for them. So I was able to go and kind of yeah represent them in Spain um, for this project. And I mean it was a once in a lifetime. It was so cool. Um, I got to meet Leo Messi, which was absolutely amazing. And so yeah, that has just been awesome. I absolutely love. We worked with. Uh, company called Orcam and the device has absolutely changed my life. Um before losing my vision, I was an avid reader and I just never kind of I learned braille and I used it, but it just wasn't the same to me. So being able sure. to pick up a printed book and read it again has been life-changing. I have read so many books since receiving an Orcam. Um <laughs> And so it's been awesome.
0: Very cool. Yeah. I do have the OrCam read, which is kind of a, like a marker sized version of the device. Uh, definitely not as sophisticated, but still very helpful. And it's, it's amazing technology, uh, probably one of the most accurate technology out there in terms of OCR.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Very cool. And then just a little more on uh, the experience over in Spain. So I would imagine you got to talk to other blind athletes uh, from around the world as well. Right.
1: Yeah. It was amazing getting to meet all these different athletes with all different types of life experiences and just the way that they presented themselves. And um, I got to talk with several soccer players from Japan and It was just amazing being able to talk with them and hear about their experience in blind soccer, which I had never heard of at that point. And so it was really cool to listen to them. And that's actually kind of what kickstarted my idea with blind soccer in the United States.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. And I understand you've been pretty involved and you have had the chance to compete in the sport.
1: Yeah, it's been awesome. I've done a lot of individual sports over the past several years and so it's been so amazing getting to be a part of a team sport and a team that really wants you to succeed and it's so cool also just to see a sport growing and building from the ground up in the United States. It's not very often you get to see a sport start from the very bottom and build its way up to the top which we'll see in the 2028 olympics and so it's incredible to see and i am so happy to be a part of it
0: that's awesome hey congrats you know on this opportunity and i know like you mentioned 2028 uh, for those who don't know the olympics and paralympics will be in los angeles that year and uh you know usaba has recently announced uh kind of their official involvement as the governing body of blind soccer here in the U S. Um, so definitely really exciting news and, and mm-hmm. super pumped, you know, to see the sport grow. And I guess if you want to just briefly maybe explain how the sport works, uh, just, just based on your experience.
1: So I'm definitely not a professional at it in any means. I have been to two camps. Um, but basically the way we have played it so far is it's almost just like regular soccer, except everyone's blindfolded um, and you use different types of words to communicate with your teammates. So like if you have full, if you're saying boy, it means you're going after the ball. And then once you have the ball, you don't say anything, you're silent. And so that was a learning curve for me is learning to be silent but (laughs) um, it's definitely been amazing and I can't wait to see where it goes.
0: Awesome. Very cool. And then I know you do have, uh, you know, your hopes set on the 2024 Paralympics as well in Paris and it's that track and field that you're hoping to compete in for that.
1: Yeah. Um, It would be absolutely amazing to compete in track and field for the 2024. I've, once again, I've ran track all my life, so it would kind of feel full circle to be able to compete in the 2024. It's kind of crazy to see how far my life has come and to think to myself that competing in 2024 is realistic, is a weird mindset to have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And here we are just starting out 2022. So it's, you know, I know really yeah. not that far away. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, and just to wrap up here, uh, if you just want to give our listeners some advice, uh, you know, based on your experience competing in adaptive sports, you know, why would you recommend someone who's blind or visually impaired who might be listening to this, maybe who doesn't have much experience in sports, athletics, whatnot? Uh, what would you say the benefits you know have been to your life being involved?
1: Um. Number one, I would say contacts and just being able to have that confidence. I think for me personally, going from abled to disabled, it I kind of felt trapped. And I think it is easy to get trapped and to stay in your bubble because it can be scary to experience stuff that you know might get you hurt or might get you in positions that you're uncomfortable with, but going after sports is something I cannot recommend enough. It's somewhere where you can put down your cane or you can leave your guide dog behind the benches and you get to run freely or swim freely. And you don't really have to worry about the things that might be holding you back. And Yeah. If you want to go out for sports, I would say just do it. Go out for your high school team and work hard and try your best.
0: Sure. Definitely wise words uh, from someone your age. So I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, I did want to offer the opportunity. Do you have any social media, any pages uh, out there that people can follow you on?
1: Yes, I have an Instagram. It's bailey underscore 22 underscore martin and so that's where you can find me
0: awesome and i'll put a link to that in the show notes so everyone uh, can easily access that
1: awesome thank you so much
0: definitely yeah so again we've been visiting with bailey martin a student at the university of northern iowa and uh, bailey really appreciate the time and insight and thanks so much for joining me here as a guest on eyes free sports
1: yeah thank you so much for having me
0: Be sure to follow the Eyes Free Sports podcast at facebook.com slash and on Twitter at eyesfreesports.